Hello and welcome to the Book of Leaves podcast. My name is Cara Kearney and I am your host. Hello and welcome back to Book of Leaves, a podcast where we interview people that are doing something good for the planet and I and you, the listeners, can take a leaf out of their book to add to our own way of living and this episode, number 93, means that we have at least, at least 93 leaves added to our book at this stage. We're getting close to 100, guys, and I asked on my Instagram the other day, the other day what I should do for the 100th episode and I got a couple of nice suggestions in but if any of you have any suggestions or requests should I do a mishmash I did a ripple effect episode before that was quite impactful where people sent in stories of times they witnessed the ripple effect them inspiring other people to take action or their own stories of who inspired them and it was just a really lovely heartwarming episode do you want to send in your leaves I don't know yeah just throw throw some ideas at me and hopefully I'll do something I feel like I should it is absolutely just an arbitrary number but I'm also like it's the end of the season it's nicely timed you know and this episode, I'm going to be talking to a youth activist called Sophia, who is a student in DCU at the moment, but for the last number of years has been campaigning to end mining in her local area in Monaghan because one day when she was in school, a giant sinkhole, now I'm not joking, a giant sinkhole appeared underneath the GAA pitch. It's like a GAA for any listeners abroad is basically the Gaelic Athletics Association. We have two types of sports that are native to to Irish culture, hurling, camogie and uh, GAA football. So those are really popular um, sports here. And if you hear us saying GAA, that's what we mean. And I heard Sophia talking about this at, uh, at the Mary Robinson Climate Conference that you've heard me spoken speaking about before and my mind was blown my jaw dropped I had no idea that I did not know about this sinkhole you know sinkholes are something it's like it's like sand what's quicksand you know when you're a kid you see this happening in tv shows and cartoons all your life and you think that's going to be more of a threat than it is and then you become an adult and you're like actually quicksand was not the issue why didn't anyone tell me about the rental market and make cartoons out of that but turns out sinkholes are actually a real issue especially in Monaghan especially in a lot of places in the northern half of the country where mining is so so normal and yeah just the more education and the more awareness we raise the better Sophia will share that plea and that request with you um, so yeah, I'll let her do most of the talking. Of course, if you do like the work that I do, you can support the podcast on Patreon or buymeacoffee.com forward slash book of leaves. But to be fair, you can actually divert your funds to UNICEF um, this week or any kind of humanitarian aid because it's really needed right now for our fellow human beings in Palestine, particularly. I know there's innocent civilians being killed all over the world um, but there is an absolute genocide happening right now in Palestine so if you were thinking of donating to the podcast please don't go give them your money instead and yeah just keep bearing witness and pre- pressing RTDs to have a ceasefire. I know that's not 
exactly linked to environmentalism, but all forms of oppression is in, is interlinked. And yeah, it's really not okay what's happening. So I just felt that I had to allocate a few seconds to that. Now, to another issue of uh, mining our beautiful, beautiful island of Ireland. It is, it can be hard to not let these things get you down, but I hope you can take inspiration in Sophia's strength and how much she cares and I cannot wait to see her at a protest and unfortunately there has been new kind of rumblings of possibly more sinkholes appearing in Maracloon but yeah when you think you're alone or when you when you have no hope and you think this is an absolute lost cause there are people like Sophia and so many other youth activists that just keep going so I hope you enjoy I've linked everything that we mentioned in the show notes including all their socials so please make sure you do give them a follow And just to say as well, there was some technical issues as there always seems to be with my episodes recently and Sophia had to re-record some of the questions. We did, we um, had a second chat so you'll see, you'll hear the audio change and that's what's happening there. So for the first couple of minutes the audio is all lovely because Sophia is chatting to me outside and then we're back to uh, virtual audio. But anyway, that is it. Here is Sophia, enjoy and I'll catch you after for some very quick show notes. My name is Sophia McConnell. I am 21 years old and I am a DCU undergraduate student. I am a member of Marcloon Against Mining, um, which is a member of the network CAM, which is called Communities Against Injustice of Mining. I run the Twitter and the Instagram account of Marcloon Against Mining. That is my role in the group. Amazing. So I came to know you through a talk that you did at the Mary Robinson Climate Conference. Um, not so long ago and I hadn't even heard of what had happened in Monaghan because I think uh was it in 2018 that this happened uh, yeah yeah so the green wave kind of happened like with Greta Thunberg and everything that was kicking off around the same time but I think they had the biggest momentum in 2019 so I think a lot of people might like literally only now would we be clued in to lots of these events that are happening but if it happened before that in my case anyway I hadn't even heard so the, the account that you run the Instagram page for, can you take us back to the start? Like what happened and why this campaign group exists, basically? Yeah, so I, I would have to briefly share my personal story that happened in 2018. So a couple of five, six years ago now. <laughs> it's crazy to think about. Um, so basically, my community was changed forever by the sudden collapse of our community centre and the playing fields um, into disused mining tunnels. So these tunnels were flooded by Jiprock Industries about two to three months prior, I believe, and they never once voiced their safety concerns to the people living in the area, either before or after doing this. When the news broke out of these sinkholes forming i was at school the panic was basically instant um students including myself were all bringing our families hoping that no one had been injured or worse 
uh, members of the football club were devastated. Um, roads were closed and a number of families had to be moved from their homes for safety. And basically the uncertainty of the future of the students in front of me, which ranged from ages 12 to 18, was unfolding right in front of me because we were unsure what was happening. Yeah. And so what? So when you look up pictures, because I, I had to Google this after, because as I said, I just, I don't remember ever seeing it because I didn't watch the news and that at the time. So when you look up pictures... When you say sinkhole, it's like, what? I've never, I can't even imagine a sinkhole. You know, you think of your cartoons that you watch growing up of like sand or something and everything just disappears. When you look at it, it's like, so it's like a, a community centre. So a GA kind of hub. And then there's loads of fields around to describe it for anyone who hasn't seen the photographs. If you imagine like where four fields join and there's like hedgerows, there's like just a huge crack in the in the ground for Jesus I don't know the diameter of it but it literally goes under the building at the building cracked some of the cracks are narrow parts and other times they're quite wide and quite deep so thank god no one was on the pitch or in the building at the time that was hurt yeah so when the sinkholes formed uh, we realized that a couple hours before this there was community games so basically if those sinkholes had formed any earlier it would have been a very different story because nobody thankfully got hurt but if it was a few hours earlier those 200 kids that would have been playing in the community games could have fallen in which is very scary to think of um so the initial uncertainty grew with a lack of communication from the mining firm and the county council and the constant state of high alert was beginning to show on my family classmates and neighbors so it was just a general hopelessness and sadness that like i've never witnessed before and none of us really knew how to describe it but we were all feeling it we later on realized what the term was that we were feeling which is solastalgia it is our perfect word to describe it it's basically the homesickness we feel while we're still at home Um, so what we were feeling was that we were at our home but it, it had changed and it wasn't gonna return to the way it was to its original form so that was what was very devastating to a lot of people in the community but through the social media such as my accounts and the Facebook account which is run by other members of the group we gained knowledge and eventually this led to us joining the CAME network so CAME stands for Communities Against the Injustice of Mining and their aim is basically they attempt to bring communities together and urge the government to adequately address mining related concerns because if you look up on social media if you just type in 2018 maracloon sinkholes or even just maracloon sinkholes or check out our social media you're gonna see how severe those sinkholes and crown holes and cracks were it engulfed our community center and football pitch and they're no longer playable and they never will be which is very sad to think of since you know everyone in that community would have made many memories in the place so you know it's sad to think about that it won't ever be there again god yeah so thank god like no one was injured and you were saying that this is an old mine now it kind of a theme in the last couple of episodes of this season I just seem to be talking a lot about mining and technology because you know the direction we're going in is renewables and a lot of that we need to batteries to store and I was really ignorant to how popular Ireland is as a source for mining it blows my mind so do you know what the mine what they were looking for 
in that mind. So it's the old mind is the same as their current mind. So they mine gypsum, which is used in building materials, is mainly what it's used for. So yeah, that's that's all they mine there is gypsum, yeah. Gypsum, another thing I have absolutely never heard of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's most a lot of people haven't heard of gypsum, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so is that old mine that was there? I mean, do you know what how long that mine had existed? Um, like it could 80 years, like it's been there a very long time. Wow. wow. I, and why would they fill it with water? We're not a hundred percent sure, but the general thing was wherever they were mining there was water so they're trying to move the water over to the old mine so they could mine more in their new mine oh was kind like of- it was just like ground storage it was just like underneath the ground yeah. kind of water ah okay right yeah. right right and so naturally they put they divert this the groundwater to an older part that they're not using anymore and it has wooden structures and then it all collapses that is wild so what was the kind of what is the relationship in the community between the I guess the mining companies and the community the locals so they've been here years and it's been very like neutral like some people who work like are from here would work in it or like families Mm. they have but I think just with the mining it has caused a lot of I guess like friction or like just not not good stuff in the community like it hasn't affected the relationship with the community and the mining company in terms of the amount of people however now the community is like split and it's mm-hmm. caused like a lot of sort of just anger and all of that due to um I don't know if this would be on the news but Jiprock is with their planning permission they, they've put it in together have put like the community center and new playing fields into it so it's like if we stop them from mining beside our houses, they're like, oh, it's because we don't want them to have a pitch, which we would love for them to have a pitch. That's like, you know, yeah. we'd love, we've nothing against them, but it's caused that kind of like, I, I would probably say friction, which is like terrible, you know, because like yeah. we were all like pretty neutral and then just when it happened, it kind of just all hit the wall. So it was Yeah, people realized that it affected, it was, you know, that this is, like a danger to to us to have this um, mine so close to like families and literally underneath playing pitches and people's fields and that so this friction this is this happens in Ireland um, quite frequently like do you know the Shell to Sea campaign and Mayo and stuff where yeah. yeah that like that's probably so the most famous campaign where for listeners who might not know there was a Shell pipeline being built and like the, the community was just was divided by some people who needed the money and needed the work and then people who were like this is really bad environmentally and for local health and everything like that so it's really sad to hear that friction is coming up there because what it sounds like is they're just okay yes yeah, so we might collapse your pitches but then we'll build you state-of-the-art new ones and a new state-of-the-art facility it's they're being bribed yeah. off really do you know so <laughs> that's exactly what happened yeah so sad because then when you're if GAA is your life then you're going to want state-of-the-art facilities do you know much about the kind of statistics broadly on the kind of damage that mining does to the environment or to local communities there was a couple of statistics based mainly on like the mental health of like the youth and how so yeah. many of them feel kind of like abandoned by the government and all of that. I believe it was like, I think I actually have it here. 
But yeah, it was like 60% just felt like just betrayed by their government and all of that, which like we would feel here. And I don't know if you've ever gone to any of the like meetings from like in like any of those activist meetings, but there's always just like, oh, we asked the TDs or we asked these people to come. And it's always like they either didn't respond or they just apologize and we're like, oh, sorry, we can't come. Like, I think I've gone to a couple of them and I've only ever seen one or two show up in all the meetings, you know? Yeah. And it because really they're also a part of your community, you know, the county council, all those people are a part of your community. So even though like the residents, you know, there is all that friction and that you're not really getting the help from them either. So it does make the situation worse, which like I know a lot like business wise, it's right is going where the profit is. So like I, you, you can get that. But at the same time, you know, you're supposed to be taking care of the people in the area so I that's like the main statistic about like mining like it's mainly all the ones I would know is like mental health because that would be like the biggest part for me is just like because it's a part that like not a lot of people know is like they're like oh if you asked anyone like what's the effects of mining they'll talk about the land and all of that which is completely right but you won't find a lot of people who realize mental health would be a lot of it yeah it's that it's you're right it's something that people just don't think about that much but to have kind of actual negative effects happen to your environment your locality or the threat of them and then not have like a caring response from your supposed leaders is that that is one of the reasons I actually got burnout was that exact feeling of this government doesn't care like I got burnout the year before last and it was horrible yeah no like because even I know there was a study done and it's like 45% 45% of like kids like the act the climate anxiety they feel and that would be just from mining as well like affects their daily lives so if you think about there that's just a youth like how if we include then the adults and the older people like that statistic's gonna get bigger you know like yeah big time big time and do you know like what kind of support or what kind of I guess steps have you as a group been taken because I know it's probably a small group because like of where you are but like having that connection to came is is good because they're obviously activists from all across Ireland and further afield where mining is having huge effects on people so like what kind of what what are your aims and what has been kind of happening for you since you started so basically like when we started we were very much like by ourselves and we didn't actually know what to do but we had an action day down here which so many people from Kim came down like we had people from Tyrone, Wicklow, Claire like we'd so many people come down it was really it was so nice but they were giving us then advice because they could be like two years three years down the line so they were kind of giving us tips for what to do next and it's actually that we set up the social media accounts because they were like put it up on social media like if it's been seen on the news a couple of times it is a story people want to hear before that there was a lot of meetings but it was more kind of localized it wasn't really like branched out to other people and communities because we did feel quite alone until we kind of went into this group because it was very much like fight for yourself there isn't you know anything else but I would say to any groups that are kind of thinking like oh I'm affected by you know like the environment and mining and that and don't know about Kim I would 100% tell them to follow them and tell them about it because the more the merrier you know 
just trying to like make the world a better place in the aspect of mining you know just another thing um that I do is be a part of like the town planning there's like county council meetings like town planning ones like go down listen give your opinion on it because you can maybe just realize you'd be like oh wait that doesn't sound like a good idea and although it's not going to start for five years time you stop it kind of before it gets publicized you know it'll be way easier than like five years later where they've already started building and then you have to go to court all that you know and objection you can send objection letters like whenever we need to put one in for the planning applications we have people from came signing them for us and then we'll sign for them as well down in Clare and all of that so if people are like would you sign this like read it first and if you agree with it you can sign them or you can create your own and just send them into the county council because they have to listen then. Even if one sent in, they still have to look at the plan and application again and take into consideration that one objection letter. That one objection letter could stop a sinkhole from falling like it did here and taking away a community centre, you know. So it's anything, that's what I do. Let your voice be heard is probably the best way to like summarise it is just let your voice be heard. Definitely, because I think a lot of people feel disempowered or feel like their voice doesn't matter. But when you word it like that, like if you send one letter, your voice on a piece of paper in an email to the county council, like they ha- they have to read it and they have to put it side by side to the planning applications and stuff like that. So is there are there ways that listeners can specifically help Guy as a group as well, aside from like going on your social media and like keeping up to stuff there? Is there anything additionally that people from that aren't local to you can do to kind of help well like mainly social media because then we always say like if there's new planning applications that you can object to or if there's any sort of action is not you can see it on that but the main thing is just like let other people know about it and like people could know even a couple years down the line that it's just a piece of history nearly we're calling it you know it's just like this is a part of our locality right now but like in years to come we'll either still be fighting it or you never know what's going to happen so the more voices or the more ears that hear it now the better because you know but it's been nearly five it's probably been five years since we've been starting it so really our voices being heard is the best part of all of this and also support is amazing but just like I had like before that speech, I was talking to people in a cafe and I was telling them about it and they were so shocked. And it just makes you realize like if you just sat down with people for two minutes and told them about it, there's two more people who are thinking about climate change and like the injustice of mining and like how how can this be allowed in Ireland? It just brings up the question more so not like pushing beliefs on people, but it brings up like to stop and think and be like, wait a minute is this should this be allowed that kind of a thing so just let let the people know you know about the story and then your social media yeah (laughs) yeah no because I mean even your talk I'd say so many people's jaw dropped in that room because (laughs) I just didn't know about it and yeah the more people that know that these injustices are happening at our front door that attachment to place calls people to to action then you know so even though it's as heartbreaking for this to be happening elsewhere to other communities like people are more likely to react when it's their own like that's just the way they're kind of wired a lot of the time and so those are really good tips for people thank you and do you know is there anything that like landowners 
can do to prevent mining because this is something that I keep going on about now that um, Jerry McGovern is an Irish dude based in Brazil who was on the podcast recently who talked about mining companies can come in and mine underneath your land yes you know? yes <laughs> yeah. so do you know like what any locals who don't want mining underneath their fields or their gardens or houses can do like do they have any say really um so basically no they won't have any say but the tip we kind of have is they're not going to mine under your land unless they're pretty certain you know they're going to make a profit so if you have gates or anything make sure they're locked have signs saying like do not you know come in because if you have a gate open they can walk in without your permission Mm -hmm. but if it's closed locked and you've proof you know they can't just walk in at any time and People come up and are like, can we inspect your land? Just say no, because they can't come in if you say no, because they'll just go in, test a sample. And then if they say like here, if there's gypsum, then they'll be like, all right. And they'll just start mining under. That's bonkers, and, isn't it? It's like sort of out of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it is very crazy. Like It's wild. Yeah. So I guess mining is obviously now a bit so you're tra- you're trained to be a teacher and obviously you, on your other hand you're also spinning this activism plate in your locality was this the kind of a first event in your life that made you act on the care you have for your locality or were you kind of interested in environmental stuff before that were there was there any moments documentaries films people that inspired you or was this the kind of main catalyst for you so I did always like with climate change a couple years back like there was like a school trip and we went and we got to like measure our carbon footprint and mine was very high at that time so I was very so that was like the biggest thing I can remember but I think like the main catalyst yes was the mining but I think the main catalyst for me being like determined for like voices to be heard and like you know being like hold on I'm not happy with this I need to let people know there was a protest. It was like a global one. And I think it was in 2019. I think this could have been the one you were talking about as well, because I had friends go to it and all that. And I went and like, it was a whole different atmosphere. And I just was like, this is, this is what I want. I want that kind of feeling of like empowerment and just like encourage others to speak, but also like let my own voice be heard. Cause like, you'd be talking to people who are so down in the dumps, but if you're a bit just like, showing emotion and you're like you know what you if we're doing it you can do it like this will help you out and you just reach your hand out like it helps so many people and I think that helped me a lot just going to that protest and being like here here's a hand out here I'll support you you know look at all these young people who are standing here being like it's not fair with the climate change you know like it was it was really great you know Oh, the atmosphere was electric, like electric to have that many thousands of people on the street. And like you say, like everyone gets down in the dumps about climate. But I've said it before, I'll say it till I die. When you find people who also care, who are also emotional about the same thing, it doesn't make you worse. It makes you better. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. It makes me feel better anyway. I'm like, oh, other people are miserable about this. Yay. Like. <laughs> there has to be psychology around it but it is it's like okay other people care and so yeah when you find that community when it can feel really lonely in your locality when some people have been like bribed with fancy new pitches and and whatever like knowing that you do have your tribe they're just in 
they might be in Clare and Tyrone and you know yeah. in schools or in colleges all over the country so I guess since joining since going to DCU now is there anything there that you're trying to get involved with climate related as well or are you trying to focus just on your your studies there so I've just been focusing on my studies there but I have contacted the environmental societies of all the different colleges to follow the social media and some of them have whether on Twitter and Instagram so that's what I've kind of done and kind of kept them up to date and they'll like post stuff from us as well so that's what I've been doing I haven't joined any of them yet just due to modules kind of clashing and Mm. that but the main thing I've just been doing is kind of reaching out and being like, you know, oh, if there's something on, you know, one of us can go or I'll let the came group know being like, oh, the college is doing it because young people are interested in it. So if you go like today or thing that you might be able to be like, listen, we have something in September, you can come down and you might get two people, but that's two people coming down. Yeah, oh, 100%. And colleges, I think, are such a crucial part of social change as well. Like so many activists are in universities and in college. Like that's when you're, 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 you'll have your political awakening and you get involved <laughs> with the different societies and stuff. And I mean, if there's anyone listening that it does have um environmental socks or whatever in their university or even they're, they're having a day of talks on climate or whatever like that's how I discovered you was you going to <laughs> another event and talking so that's really important to for anyone who's listening who does have that kind of platform like to invite groups like Mara clone am I saying that right because it's spelled in such an Irish way okay <laughs> if any, any abroad listeners when they see that they're like major uh Clooney it's like yeah Mara clone that's welcome to Ireland so yeah. yeah, so the groups like yours need to be invited to 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 events like this as well to like raise awareness and stuff. So absolutely crucial. As a young person, are there any kind of tips you would have for other young people or things you would like older adults to know? Because I know every young activist I talk to has experience of being kind of belittled. So I don't know if you have experience with that as well. And like what kind of tips you'd have for other activists or what pleas you'd make of uh, older ones? Yeah, I think like the biggest thing is to realize that young people kind of will know different, like different social media platforms or just like different tips they've learned along the way. So kind of just listen to them because there was a couple of times when we were stuck and we were trying to figure out stuff and like me and other kind of the younger people were helping them out. But it kind of at the beginning even just with different people to be like oh no like that won't work but you're like no no it will work because you have a kind of dare but it's just they don't understand it but I think really listen to the youth but if you feel like you know okay maybe they're getting there but they're kind of wrong educate them nicely but respect each other's opinions because really at the end of the day it is their opinion at the end and people are way more likely to kind of just sit there and be like you know what yeah I, I, I'll think about this if you kind of just give it to them more they question themselves rather than oh this person's just trying to like shove ideals down my throat you know mm-hmm. so I think if the older generation wants to give us advice because you know we would love it you know do it kind of in a way that it seems like we can still at the end of the day have our own opinion but then at the same way the young people if they want to educate the old the older people like it's the exact same way around just respectful kind of conver- like conversations like this this is would be way nicer than someone being like 
this is what needs to be done you have to do this you know like just a yeah. conversation over like a cup of tea you know like us the Irish you know yeah yeah, yeah. tap into our tap into our obsession with with tea and coziness and like we love having the chats like we we could chat shite all day about nothing so like you could weave in Jesus did you know what happened in in Monaghan there or whatever a couple of years ago blah 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 you know that's really important and like yeah like you say I think we get very defensive again it's the wiring of our brain when someone else has different values to us or thinks differently there's literally a part of our brain that goes you're not the same as me and your wall will go up and you get defensive and that just goes nowhere like compassionate listening I think is the best way forward like you say so that'll get you far in the movement for sure are there any other tips though it doesn't have to be mining or activism related but like so this the podcast you've given a few leaves to us already but obviously the name book of leaves means listeners can take a leaf out of your book so you've given us great (laughs) tips are there any other things that you uh, would like to share with people about eco-friendly living or mental health or anything at all I think just like if there is anything going on in your locality or even just in Ireland and you are worried, go talk to someone about it. Because even if they're not as passionate about climate change or that, they'll still listen to you like a friend. If you're like, I'm so worried about the future, like with global warming and all of that, like, although some people may be like, you know, oh, it doesn't exist. You'll have people around you that would support you. And that's the best thing to do because mental health is such like a part of climate change. Like it will, you know, affect you. Like there's climate anxiety, climate grief, like there's all these new terms coming out. So for me personally, learning these terms was the first part of kind of healing. So I feel like if people learn these new words and terms and then kind of just talk to people and be like, listen, I'm getting anxious over this, you know, whether to send a voice note on WhatsApp or if they're just taking a cup of tea and they're chatting, you know, I think the best thing to do is talk about how how you're feeling about it, even if you just don't want to talk politically, because then you could do something with it to try and make you feel better. Like, Yeah, yeah, because those little actions uh, added up make a huge difference and even though I'm one person going to my zero waste shop and refilling my salt and pepper being like this is great (laughs) like that's really healing for me because I feel like I'm doing something there even though obviously we need systemic change as well that is important to know and I also I don't know why Sophia but when I'm I don't talk to my friends that aren't involved with the climate movement about how it's affecting me because I'm like Oh Jesus, if I bring this up, like I'll be, oh, Cara's always going on about climate, you know, but you actually make such a good point and I should really try to like ask for advice or just open up to my friends not in the climate movement because, yeah, yeah, like you say, they're still, you know, we're still friends. So that's such a good point. Moving towards the end of the interview, do you want to share uh, your social media handles? I'll include them in the links in the show notes below the episode but just for anyone who can go and can listen and just follow straight away what are your handles that people can find you so the instagram and the twitter if you just put in maracloon against mining maracloon is spelled m-a-g-h-e-r-a-c-l-o-o-n-e and then for the facebook it is drum gossip slash knock residence group so drum gossip is D-R-U-M-S-S-O-G-A-T-T. And then Nocticran is K-N-O-C-K. 
C-O-R-A-N. It's there's a lot of different <laughs> I will <laughs> link them in the show notes, guys. Okay, <laughs> click more below the episode and you'll see them described there. This is I remember I grew up in uh, near Carlo. Uh, I grew up in Wexford, but I was very close to this place called Greg Namana. And I remember trying to spell this for my New Zealand friend. He's like, What is wrong with your language? <laughs> okay that thank you for those handles that is fab so if we were the last question that I love asking is if we were to step into a time travel machine and travel to the future could be 100 or 200 years into into the future when climate justice is achieved and there are no more mines that are affecting locals in a bad way everything is regulated so well there's like all sorts of gender equality and human rights for everybody it's lovely and it's just a lovely world there's a lot of equity what is one of your favorite things about it It doesn't have to be mining related you can paint a picture of what it's like or you can just tell us uh one of your favorite things so probably my favorite thing about that whole thing is then we'd all be kind of like one big community you know there won't be any of the friction just like like the way I am in the KM kind of community, I feel like it'd be like that or like when I was at that process, like protest, like that empowerment and just like kind of like a homely feeling nearly when you're in those kind of communities. I feel like that sort of feeling would be what would be there if we achieve all of this. And that would probably be the thing I would look forward to the most is that sort of community. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's so true because I it's addictive. Like I had Eddie Mitchell on the podcast in a recent episode and he's he's like, once you start like this gets addictive because you feel that energy when you connect with other people and you just look for that community. And that is so true. So I can't wait for that on like a much bigger scale than just these kind of climate action groups that we're involved in. So cannot wait to see that. Sophia, thanks. Love it. A nice, short, simple, sweet interview with Sophia today. I hope you guys were able to take a leaf out of her book and really raise awareness of this, of the mining atrocities that are happening in Ireland. And I think it's really important to bring it home sometimes because connection to place is one of the big inspirations behind people becoming active it is it's this kind of sad part of our psychology but it also makes sense it's hard to feel connected to things or places or people that are far away but when we can see them when we're around them you know from the floods in Cork to sinkhole and Monaghan you're like oh this is this is here and and it does it just it the call to action is just stronger um it pulls on people's heartstrings more so it's really important to kind of talk about this kind of mining and if it's if we're not allowed you know if if we can ban it here we should be banning it banning it everywhere like we did with fracking so if we can ban fracking we can ban mining we don't have to have corporations winning. Shannon LNG has been stopped again. So all of these things are signs of hope. And hopefully you can take some of that out of Sophia's book. And yes, so thank you so much for listening. You'll find Book of Leaves on any uh, social media platform. And of course, uh, we've linked the Maracloon against mining ones below as well. And don't forget, if you have any suggestions for the podcast's 100th episode please do send them my way on social media or book of leads podcast at gmail.com and if you've any requests or suggestions for the last couple of episodes do get in touch i think i pretty much have them all lined up now but just in case and yeah stay safe stay well mind yourself 
Uh, cannot recommend Thick Not Hands, Zen and the Art of Saving the Planet as a way to get yourself through times of actual war. Um, even like bearing witnesses, it's it's not nowhere anywhere near as hard as what people on the front lines of war and genocide are experiencing. But we need to stay strong so we can support them as much as possible. And I cannot recommend his work enough. It's really helping me kind of just get through this and stay active and stay chatting to people about it and not lose hope or faith and that's really important because we have a much much brighter future ahead of us i love you so much take care of yourselves i'll talk to you again in two weeks time with a lovely new guest